Is it for real? We used to love it, then we watch it. Now we don't know if we like it. Is it for real? You're listening to Is, is it, it For Real? real? This is Philip. And Katie. And Bridget. <laughs> Been working on my my Dolly Parton um, nice. because this week it was my pick. And um, I was trying to pick a movie that came from my birth year, which mm-hmm. is 1981. I have a birthday coming up this Friday. And I was thinking like how fun it would be to like pick a movie that came from, it was like 40 years old, like myself. But I was like looking at the 1981 movies and I wasn't feeling any of them. But at the top of 1981, the top movie for three months was Dolly Parton's Nine to Five, which was made in 1980 and released in 1981. Like me. (laughs) Nice. The other reason I chose it is because I have become obsessed with the Dolly Parton's America podcast, which is um, hosted by Jad Abarab, I his name wrong. Abermod and um, he's amazing and if you haven't listened to this podcast I highly recommend it I have not (laughs) so yeah it's just such beautiful storytelling and the the whole like even the the reason why Jad does the podcast in the first place is a fascinating story and um, they just go into like the whole life of Dolly Parton and how she's influenced the world and so there's an episode called Dolitics, which is episode five. And they spent a lot of time talking about like Dolly Parton's relation to politics and or like lack of relation to politics, which is very fascinating. But they spend time talking about nine to five. And so I thought instead of getting one of our listeners to do the intro, that I would borrow the intro um, from Dolly Parton's America because they do a great job summarizing the movie. You ready to hear it? Idea. Let's let's hear it. All right, here we go. Century Fox presents a tribute to anyone who has ever been overworked, underpaid, and pushed to the edge by an ungrateful boss. Quick refresher on the movie in case you haven't seen it or haven't seen it recently. Nine to Five is the story of three female office workers. Hi, this is Violet. There's Violet. Welcome to the front line. Played by Lily Tomlin. There's Dora Lee. Frankie told everybody I was sleeping with you. Played by Dolly Parton. And there's Judy. Couldn't we just all get together and and complain? Played by Jane Fonda. Let's face it, we are in a pink-collared ghetto. So they've got this boss, Mr. Harp, who's played by Dabney Coleman, who demeans the female employees, openly harasses Dolly's character. Mr. Hart, told you before, I'm a married woman. I'm a married man. That's what makes it so perfect. And the story of the movie is these three women getting revenge. Get him and hunt him down. And it's, of course, hilarious and over the top. Uh, they inadvertently kidnap him. At one point, they string him up from the ceiling. <laughs> I mean, who could summarize it better? Yeah. The movie in it. Uh, Fully agree. Um, And speaking of tributes and uh, it being Bridget's birthday and and speaking of (laughs) nine to five, uh, of course, on the pod, uh, we have to to wish happy birthday with a little a little musical tribute um yeah and uh that podcast and and dolly are very hard to follow but uh let's see if we can stay on key as much (laughs) uh phil are you ready to add some flair 
I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. All right. This is a harder song to sing <laughs> than one might have thought <laughs> originally. All right. She's everyone's favorite Without her, this podcast never would have made it She's always ends it with the perfect song Her house got flooded in the middle of a shutdown But not once did she ever let us down She potted through it with us all along Forty years alive There's no doubt and she's the best And she's the reason why we all know how to say yes and she's has got your back in mind with the perfect edit and helps us all to laugh through this pandemic 40 years alive the beta bay connector bringing to our lives a handsome art director keeping for 300 minutes just let us say happy birthday Bridget <laughs> that was awesome yeah that's amazing <laughs> Ooh, um that is a tribute uh, Bridget to you and to Dolly Parton actually <laughs> because who knew that song oh man what a wonderful song but that song could have gone on and on and on it's one of those songs that just fades into nothing <laughs> so oh. it's hard to know like when to edit but um oh my god that happiest, was so beautiful happiest happiest of uh 40 birthdays oh. so exciting to be potting with you during your birthday week thank you Philip great contributions yeah <laughs> Well, we um, learned we learned with Katie's birthday. How- no, I, yeah, I, that was well, not some call based on that. That was a lack of that was like timing and yeah. All we did this. Katie's super last minute, and I think <laughs> yours was even more in the the future. I got like a late night text at like midnight I last night it. of like song, which I didn't see till like. <laughs> Well, yeah, and this this song was marinating a little bit, but we did move the pot up a day, which was like, oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> I, I thought that was just gorgeous and beautiful. Oh, and oh, I, I love to be tributed with Dolly Parton because even I'm even more in love with her now than I ever was. I was always just kind of like a hey, she's cool kind of fan. But I'm telling you, this podcast. Oh, yeah, this, is, this podcast is not sponsored. I would definitely podcast. check it. Check it out. <laughs> but it's but so fascinating. Her voice, she makes that song seem like something you could just sing in the shower. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> it's just very right? tricky. And then, like, um, it's interesting we can get into it because it was made a musical, you know, this show. And, like, it could, you couldn't have. Show. Yes. And you couldn't have a song that lends itself better to a musical. It was like it's written for a musical. I know. It's, it's just so, incredible. She's so smart. Um, and so were you, Katie, because that was gorgeous. And oh, I can't wait to listen to it on repeat for the rest of this week as I have my birthday. It was such a treat. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. Um, should we get into our levels? Yeah. yeah. I can go. Um, uh, so I have never seen this movie. I've I've heard of it, obviously. And like, especially love the song Nine to Five. I love the typewriter sound in it. I just, I that song, like, even though I've never seen it, it gets me pumped up. So my level is going to be nude pantyhose 
because even though I've never seen the movie, I know I've seen the, the opening montage, which is just like all these like ladies commuting and all the nude pantyhose of it all. And just like, I want to pour one out for some nude pantyhose because our four, four ladies <laughs> had to just like really wear a lot of pantyhose. And also I never want to work in a corporate office one day of my whole life. And yeah thinking about those women like dressing like that and then having to be in it all day in a corporate setting, just like mad props to them. So nude pantyhose is my level. Uh, my level will be WKRP in Cincinnati because I had thought I'd seen this movie. And I think I just watched WKRP in Cincinnati a bunch. And I honestly have no idea if they're similar, but I just had this in my brain. So once I actually watched this uh, yesterday and a little bit today, I was like, nope, this is the first time I've ever seen this movie. So uh, I thought I, I knew what was, I was in for, but uh, came into it fresh. Nice. I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I'll make my um, level like uh, phone cord tie up because I know I've seen that. I remembered the phone cord he was tied up with as like curlier. Like, I don't know. I thought I had like a real image, but like and I was so surprised as how late in the movie that came because I like <laughs> knew it was coming. Um, and I tricked myself into see, thinking I saw it too, but I've seen the film, I think it's called like Tied Up or something with Terry Hatcher, where <laughs> she and these two other women tie up this man. And like, it's her boyfriend and he's a he's like terrible and they convince. So I really blended the two and I convinced myself that Dabney Coleman was tied up for like the majority of the movie. Um, and so... Uh, I've not seen the play, TV show, or movie, but I have listened to the podcast. Um, oh, you listened to the whole Dolly Parton's yeah. America? Okay. I've listened to the podcast, yeah. And I meant to re-listen to that one episode before this, but I'll, I'll have yeah. to do it afterwards. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so fascinating. I mean, we'll, we'll, we can talk more about it, but just in terms of like how Dolly Parton has has kept this giant audience of people and that they talk about that a ton in the podcast that like, everybody loves her right and she has a huge gay following and a huge like drag following mm -hmm. um but she's always like said she stays unpolitical but then she's like super political and this movie obviously is like a big a big tribute <laughs> to that and i was shocked at how progressive it was frankly oh yeah or, or you know for 1980 there's also, 40 years old yeah i used yeah. to where i used to serve on a board with a woman that worked with her um at her literacy campaign mm. and um it was news to me like when she introduced herself to me and said what she did i was like what dolly parton's reading thing but like there's statistics that she has like m increased the percentage like she has yeah. she has really made a statistical difference with literacy in tennessee and i think in like larger appalachia and like yeah it's a, it's a pretty impressive resume and she pretty much has like gotten us all vaccines. I mean, she's like donated so much money and yeah, been pushing out vaccines. Like she rewrote Jolene to be vaccine, right? Did you yeah. see that? <sighs> yeah. Which yeah, Jolene used to be or still well, once I can go to places again is one of my karaoke songs. Oh so. there's an episode a about it, Phil. Like, I know in the podcast. It's a really delightful episode. Yeah. I would that Katie, I was gonna ask you if you if you'd heard that episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers. So yeah. good. All right. So we we jump right into the movie, right? And we get this montage of it's nine to five with the tickety tack of the click clack. And as somebody again showing my age, I learned to type on a typewriter. Same. Oh, interesting. I, really? Know, yeah. yeah. 
And I so like it, that sound is very <laughs> my brain, but we get like all these business ladies, you know, going about their day and they're, they're commuting and they're spilling things. There's a lot of messes in this movie. It's, I mean, just messes. great song. Cause it of course starts with nine to five and it was just a great intro through. And through. I was yeah. mesmerized by this Me too. Intro. Yeah. Me too. I loved it. And I also could have sworn they were in New York city, but I guess they're in LA. I'm, are you sure? I I'm think sure they're in New York. I think they're in LA because uh, really? it's all it's all California license plates. And then oh, are you I sure? think it's LA. I'll look it up. I'll look okay. it up. Yeah. So the first thing we kind of see is is Judy and Violet, which is Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, as we heard, um, getting in the elevator, going up to the office. Um, and Jane Fonda is new, and Lily Tomlin like doesn't really want to train her. Right? She's like not into it. And we also get introduced to the idea that like every woman that's working there, well, maybe except for, except for Dolly Parton, but like, they all seem to have like, like Judy is a divorcee and Lily Tomlin is a widow. And there's something to that about like why those women are working there. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I yeah, did this, this just in as far as um, the consolidated offices were presumably in um, Pacific financial center in Los Angeles. And although the story oh. appears to be set in Los Angeles, the opening credit montage is mostly composed of shots from downtown San Francisco, which maybe oh. is part of the confusion. Huh. It's not if it like- it was gonna be in San Francisco, they should have put a trolley in it. Yep. Well, I think they weren't, I think they're were trying Alcatraz. to make it look like, I know, or Mike Myers' face or hair. Um, I feel like they were trying to make it look like anywhere city, I guess. Yeah. Um, because I totally thought it was New York. And then I was like, wait, where is this? Because there's a lot of California license plates. And then they don't really show like nature. They don't really back up a lot. They're inside most right. of the time. So right. I just assumed it was like Nashville because if you got Dolly, you got to be <laughs> in Tennessee. Well, right. I guess. Yeah. I was thinking about that once I learned it was L.A. I was like, does it make more sense for that character to be in L.A. or New York? Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. where, where, what is she doing there? <laughs> That's a good question. What my first question is: What does consolidated do? No consolidates. Kidding. You know, I what? don't know. You, you got the things that are separated. Consolidates them. Yeah. Um, this I, this I had a movie lot of about that. triggered a lot for me. Like I said about the whole working environment, and obviously you see that as like almost another character in this movie and the transformation of it and yeah. what the women do. But just that sterile like all those things in a row and you have to clock in and clock out Ugh. drop ceilings all the, the fluorescent lights it had a bunch of desk rules about what could be on top similar to gremlins 2 where oh, they weren't allowed to have all these things yeah yeah when that evolved or because i've never worked anywhere where you couldn't have desk tchotchkes no that's it's not a thing okay um i mean i mean it's it feels like it's like the end of the Mad Men era, right? Yeah. Like the end of that series was like this or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, so before well, yeah, before ahead. we get started, uh, the because we've taken a break on a few of these because they haven't had them, but uh, back to German uh, title. Oh, yes. for, we have... Uh, nine to five. Nine. Nine. <laughs> nine <laughs> nine <laughs> dot five. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Nine, that's uh, no. funny. <laughs> it that's is. A, that's a bilingual German joke. Yeah. Warum eigentlich bringen wir den Chef nicht um? That's so long. I know. What Which does that mean? Why actually don't we kill our boss? <laughs> 
That's one of my favorites. Is that a question? Why yes. actually? It's, it's, it's a question. Why actually? Dot dot dot. Why don't we kill our boss? Or why actually? Dot dot dot. Don't we kill our boss? That's it. That seems like something that was improvised during the scene with all the pot. It was like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. yeah. Why actually don't we kill our boss? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Wow. I am so in love with these characters. Um, Lily Tomlin, first of all, she's so cute. And I didn't yeah. remember how cute she was. She's just so cute. And um, she's clearly like being looked over at work. She's done all this work. She's a badass. She She's like can train everybody. She's managed everything. Like they just keep talking about all the hard work she's done and how she's been overlooked. And one thing I kind of love about this movie is that they throw you these like light, soft, soft balls throughout the whole thing. They're like, here's a thing you're going to see later. And we're going to introduce it gently to you now at the beginning of the movie. Like, you know, like an example of that is like Lily Tomlin installing a garage door opener. (laughs) You're like, why is she doing that? And you're like, oh, oh, now it happens throughout the whole thing. And I just, I was here for it. I was here for the whole tone of this movie, which was calm yeah and a little Very slow calm. <laughs> yeah totally but there's a lot of foreshadowing actually i mean we'll get to it but in the in the fantasy scenes each fantasy foreshadows you know what either happens to the characters or what they actually do it's kind of hey it's cool um so we get introduced to mr hart aka damn nicole <laughs> my first uh note of that is too much daphne already yeah. No, because of the shirt. That was one of my favorite oh. shirts that Phil was yours. It was like, yes. Dabney wants shame on me. Um, and then it's too much Dabney. Twice, but too much Dabney yeah. Talk about being typecast, man. Like, oh, I yeah. think this character grows up to get a job in San Francisco or rather in, I mean, he's still in LA. He yeah. stays in LA and then he works at that architecture firm. Well, Do you think he had fun playing this though? He has to be, I wrote this, like, he's got to be a feminist, right, Dabney Coleman? Like, to in order to play this well, you have to be aware of this dynamic. And That, that right? was my first theory. Uh-oh. It was like, oh, he's got to be just the nicest guy in the world. But oh. after, like, the fourth time, I'm like, or is he just the... <laughs> meanest son of a bitch like misogynist and so they keep he like does. putting him in these roles to like punish him is he this the fourth know dabney coleman movie no it's the third okay. yeah i was but gonna he's say been he's, in other he needs parts a jacket like this. i know yeah. he, he, well he has yeah. a jacket this is the smoking jacket for him maybe like he doesn't even know the cameras are rolling they just invite him over <laughs> for like he's like can you like talk to these women and that's just how he chooses to talk to them and then they build a movie we need around you to bring that. it bring you in to be the director of this movie and just totally. give the <laughs> So he, you know, he's bragging about, like, he's such a jerk. He's talking about how much he loves teamwork. He's, like, talking. He's mansplaining things to to Judy and Violet. Ugh. Some of it, it's what you said, like, the progression of this movie, like, and progressiveness. Like, some of it is very on the head. You no, know, yeah. like, nail on the head. And some of it is, like, subtle, like, I mansplaining know. where I'm, like, I didn't realize people in the 80s knew how annoying that was. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, we know he's going to hit on her and he's going to look down her shirt and all that. But you're right. Like, the more, like, this sort of, like, I was, like, and even the stuff that the women do, I think, in the office, I thought was, like, pretty progressive. Like, the the rules they're setting up and the new stuff. And I'm like, damn, like, these four ladies, these people that came before us and, like, oh. Oh, four ladies, like four ladies. I thought like, you were counting. No. I was like, is she counting the like rods? I was trying to say, I didn't want to say <laughs> four drunkard? fathers. 
I'm trying not to say forefathers. Got it. Okay. Now I understand. See, we're so trained to the male yeah. language. Although I always assumed the forefathers were just the four people on the <laughs> Mount Rushmore. <laughs> forefathers. The forefathers, yes. <laughs> I thought there was a pizza restaurant I ate at once in Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, <laughs> Could be all of these things. Yeah. Dolly Parton, the first time we see her, she's giving us like green sequined tiny jacket realness. I No wonder she's a drag queen's love. Yeah. She's just true. And her bras in this movie are <laughs> pointy. <laughs> Sorry if I wanted to Katie's boob corner. Yeah, but. I mean, that's it. Like, it's pre Madonna. I mean, it's like a lot of it's like trying, like, it's very, yes, out there. Coney. No, well, maybe we don't want this. This will be my boob corner. Okay. Has Dolly Parton famously had like implants or is she just um, known to be large chested and like that's the thing and i, I couldn't the, remember i think the latter he's large she's large chested okay but, i couldn't remember i was like she's she also like... been very like yes. open about talking about her chest but i also think she's av- avoided questions about that but i think she's pretty and i could be wrong i think she's very open about talking about having cosmetic surgery yeah on her but face I don't, I do, right but i don't believe for this that's why i sort of think it's natural and okay. i see yeah. i couldn't remember and i was like god i like can't remember the history i could have looked it up but i do want you to know that i was just trying to google has dolly Parton ever had breast implants and the you know when they give you the, like the suggested language and it's like yeah. the first one was has dolly Parton ever passed away has she <laughs> ever <laughs> she passed ever away? <laughs> has she i'm not sure i think she's she hasn't um so we get this like Ugh, I, I just am enjoying like all the montages. There's a lot of montages, yeah. a lot of great, that sort of like late seventies, early eighties. I actually call it like Sesame street music, or it's like, it's like PBS music yeah. where you're like, you know what I mean? Like watching like a montage of crayons being made or something. This it's- film looks like it's filmed by PBS. Yes. <laughs> like there's something to the lens or like the filter. Yeah. Totally. Ugh, I enjoy it. Well, it looks like Phil that British that British news show we were watching for yeah. a while. Oh. Like a mock like like educational news show for yeah. kids. Yeah. Yeah. I also really enjoy that great. salad bar they have in their uh cafeteria. I thought about that. It's like that's kind of progressive. Like what? Yeah. It's like, those, like Google. Bowls. Yeah. I know. It was a little googly. I did have a note like when Dolly Parton shows up, like that character truly, truly evolves to be Truvy, like her character from Steel Magnolias. It's really, like I was reading it, this was this was Dolly Parton's first acting role, which yeah. like you can kind of see her like grow into the part during it. And like, um, I guess yeah. like famously Jane Fonda, like she memorized hers and everybody else's line because she thought the movie was still uh, shot in order. And like once Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin found that out, they like burst out laughing. But like, because I know the movie isn't shot in order, it's like some scenes you can tell she's like very fresh and some it's like, I think she's yeah. like getting the hang of this. There was, yeah, one line later on where it was like three sentences where there was not a single pause throughout it. And it was just, yeah, that was had to be on her first day. For sure, yeah. She, she talks in the podcast, there's an episode in the other podcast that there's an episode about like, basically like kids in Appalachia being embarrassed about their accents and stuff. And she's like, I love my accent. Like, why would I change it? And also like, if I'm going to be in a movie or whatever, like you're going to get Dolly Parton. Like that's who right. I am. You know, like, yeah. why would I oh, play yeah. anything else? I'm already a character, basically. <laughs> I'm just like Doralee 
I was like, Dorley, Dolly, Dorley, you know. Yeah, I'm already a sexy puppet come to life. Yeah, <laughs> she's delightful. So, um, you know, we, we see the first scene of like Dabney Coleman harassing Dorley in this like take a letter scene. Uh, yeah, um, I was just thinking that's definitely some Roger Ailes bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it was... yeah. What about, what, what, what's up with, with Mr. Hart's wife? Like, <laughs> who is? <laughs> Like, I don't know if they like her? wrote her like did they photoshop her into the movie yeah, like, <laughs> like it's like was this an afterthought it is like I don't I did I really didn't understand the scene that we'll get to at some point where like she comes uh, yeah. back from the cruise like, I, I didn't no, get that I, I didn't at get all. that either um, I assume oh, go ahead no I was just gonna say she's not she, you, you you think she might be more of a villain right and be like mad at Doralee or like no. everybody else seems to be but she's like no and then she's like trying to tell him they're going on a vacation and then she just goes by herself which is a perfect plot device so that they could you know, I guess like for a thinking person's critique maybe she's just like the embodiment of gaslighting like she's just being gaslit mm-hmm. constantly and manipulated by yeah. this man and or, she's just with it go on, go on counterpoint she was kicked in the head by a horse <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I know. she is not all there I know yeah. I don't I feel for her I think she's I do think she's a few screws short yeah I don't get uh, it yeah but um yeah like it's just it's just embarrassing and you know Dabney Coleman's like I'm gonna give you money to Dorley he's like I'm gonna and then he gives her the scarf that he made Lily Tomlin go by right right you know um he's just it's just sticky. But then I kind of thought the wife, maybe, maybe she was a little more tuned in. I thought maybe she was trying to get Dora Lee into bed with her and her husband. Smart move. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is such a trope, but it's also like, God, how many men end up having affairs with their secretaries? Like still yeah. and certainly then, you know, it was just like such this like thing. Um, yeah. And then he says that he has like a convention in San Francisco and I'm like, Clifford, like he's going to go to sit. Like it's, I don't know. There's like a lot of parallels. And it's like, if they, when they filmed Clifford, they had to have talked about this role. And then yeah, they had the same to, year, right? No, oh, no, no, it was like 93. That's what I mean. It's like later. Oh, that's so right. I'm like, they had to have like based it off of this character. And I was like, I wonder if like that was part of the San Francisco joke. I don't know. You need to see what uh, Dabney Coleman's like first asshole role was. I know. May have been this one. Mm. Maybe, I mean, it's pretty, yeah, pretty famous for mm. this one. So then we kind of get to see, you know, Judy on her own trying to navigate the world. And she's got this like Xerox machine from hell. <laughs> Oh man, which I kind of remember those. Like I remember yeah. the control oh, yeah. pan- panel for sure. Yeah, um, what a relic. I mean, but this one, I thought maybe like a, a half dressed woman was going to come out of it. It felt a little weird. Yeah. Science. <laughs> totally. Yeah, because yeah, it had a weird soundtrack that was going it with it. Soundtrack. It was, it was like burping. It made un- burp sounds. Unnecessarily like crazy colored paper was going through there and uh i gotta tell you though like that colored paper was giving me flashbacks like anytime i would go with my dad to his office or something and i'd always be like can i have some copy of paper like that oh yeah me too that's sort of like goldenrod and melon colored paper i was like oh totally (laughs) so good just a store like use and then we meet um jane fonda's ex-husband who I really read, I thought this was like a very progressive film. And I thought that um, he was gay. I really, I was, oh, I was really was it read the track him. suit? 
Well, then he comes in dressed as a captain at some point, but like, um, (laughs) (laughs) I think it was just how he was playing it. Cool. I don't know. I was expecting it. I'm like, okay, no. And um, I recognize him. I don't know if you guys have seen Transparent, but he is um, Ed, like the stepfather in Transparent. And I was like, I know, I know this guy. Um, And I really, I do really like that actor. Yeah. the, they go to work the next day and there was a line that really resonated with me again when they, they're clocking in and I forget who says it, but they're like, it feels like I was just here. Maybe it's Jane Fonda that says it. And I was like, man, like, I don't miss that about working Going from home work, right now. Yeah. yeah. And just being like that feeling, especially when I was a high school teacher, I really felt mm, like that. I was yes. like, I literally sleep here yeah. like all the time. Um, so I, I resonated with that. Have you guys ever used a uh, punch clock, like one that actually like punches the time in? No, I don't think yeah. so. No, you, even Phil? when I yeah. worked. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Even when I worked retail, school. you always plunk, punched in on like a computer, but like oh. an old computer. Yeah, I guess I when I was waiting tables. Yeah, but Phil, when did you do that? Uh, my uh, factory job days. I, think I mean, it was really. Just, like, yeah no okay. I, i'm not kidding i really did <laughs> yeah. this it was uh working for sort of this manufacturing shop for uh movie theaters so it was at the time the, the place owned like half the movie theaters in the country and they would refurbish all the, the stuff for it and we would make uh stereo equipment for it stereo well. good because i'm like oh this is like sometimes like you have so many experiences where i'm like mm, this adds up to an 80 year old person <laughs> okay <laughs> so it overlaps with the stereo- yeah, right, yeah yeah well no meaning like there's so many different things it's like okay i knew you did stereos at one point it's like movie theaters what like i'm picturing you as like the inglorious bastards woman. but there was also just a whole floor that was seat cushions like a whole just piles and mountains of that seat sounds cushions. fun yeah yeah oh, anyways that's fun. I think the next scene is uh, Violet putting in the, is that her putting in the garage door? Oh no, that's Probably. coming up. But basically we just get to learn that she's a mom and she's a multitasker. Mm-hmm. Oh, cause she's answering the phone and she's like, and then her kid oh, calls. Right, yeah. And she's just, she's just great. She's a cool character. And there is a lot of fun, like, um, uh, yeah, we, we learned that like she came up with the color coding, like, yeah, that she's like right. running the, like, she's the best and Debbie yeah. Coleman just steals all of her ideas and is only promoted because he's a man. Um, and there's a lot of fun in that garage. I was noticing all the fun sports equipment in the background. There was like oh, tennis records that. and badminton and like uh, croquet. And it was cool. It was a fun, like eighties garage. I thought. So how old do we think these three women are? That's what I was trying to calculate. I was like, I mean, I don't think they're all, it's hard. I mean, I think Tomlin's probably 45 or. Do we think they're the same age or, no. or do we think Dolly Parton's supposed to be much younger? I think she's younger. I and think... Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are maybe the same age. I'm guessing it's sort of supposed to be Dolly Parton, like 30. Um, then uh, what's her face? Jane Fonda, like 35, 30. And then. Yeah. Yeah. Dolly Parton think- was actually like 34, 33. Oh, when this wow. Movie was made. But does Jane Fonda's character have kids in this movie? No. No. They're never referenced. Okay. So um, it's only Lily Tomlin. Yeah. And her but you know what wife. I do want to do is like write some like fan fiction about Dora Lee and her hunky husband who yeah. seems to be hashtag woke. What um, did, did he have a job? I just forgot. 
I don't think they ever. I mean, we only saw him that one in time bed really. while she's yeah. wearing her Get large T-shirt nightgown. That mine's in like well the motel I'm... they live in. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe he like, runs a motel. Yeah, probably. Or maybe he's a house That's husband. No motel. You know? It kind of seemed like it didn't. <laughs> they have no because actually I was running for my Hummer, but I love Doralee's house. I thought it was so cute. Yeah. They spent all that time there and they have, she has like a porch swing and she has a fireplace and it's like, oh, that's her house. Right. Okay. That's yeah. her house. That's yeah. right. It was just it's, that one scene, but maybe it's because he got, he had like a guitar kit. It just seemed like he was on the road <laughs> and they, she was visiting him. I don't know. No, he's just hunky and woke yeah. and he loves her <laughs> and he says yeah. they're all jealous of her and then they get, they get it on. And I'm like, let's write some fan fiction about yeah. Dorley and her husband. We should. Yeah. Is that a, a wonk? A woke hunk? Hunk is a Ooh, a wonk. A wonk. A wonk. A wonk. I love it. A I love it. I feel bad though because everybody's alienating Doralee at work because they think she, you know this is where you realize like the the triple standard or whatever. I don't know if it's a double standard, but like they're mad at her because they think she's sleeping with the boss. But yeah. you know, this scared. is like a. This is for a different podcast, but I know I wrote that down too. And um, I can't do, so I know there's something about like other, um, this like kind of white narrative, this like patriarchal white narrative about like other groups that keep each other down. Yeah. So like the um, African-American community keeps the immigrant community down. They just like fight with each other. And that's what I feel like has been like kind of projected onto women too, um, by kind of like uh, like lean in stuff, and it's like women are each other's biggest problems. It's like that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> like and <laughs> and so it's interesting. This movie is like portraying a trope that we're very familiar with, and I think we've been taught is like very real. And like there's elements to it, but I was thinking like how much of this is like learned that it exists in the workplace versus like this organically happens. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. I was I was cognizant of that with. Um, but it's certainly, they certainly lay it out that dynamic of like, like kind of like, um, a scarcity mentality of like, okay, we're relegated to this. And so we've got to fight. We have little resources. So we have to kind of like fight for it. So like Roz, who looks like every librarian that you've ever met is like, just totally like power obsessed with like the tiny little corner she has. Um, anyway. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, Totally. And yeah, just even the the other women who are in this, who are all kind of fitting into some sort of trope or stereotype, potentially, you know, I was kind of, maybe we'll talk about this too, but I was kind of intrigued by the, div- the diverse representation of folks that worked in this workplace. Like in the background? In the background. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure, honestly, if that was happening pre- Mr. Hart going away or post Mr. Hart going away? Well, I, I think both. Cause I mean, in order to properly consolidate, you want to have a diverse workforce. So it's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you're in the business of consolidation, yeah. what are you going to do? Um, so Violet's son gives her a joint Josh, yep. old Josh, um, as you do. And we're going to find out more about that in a little bit. But first, where we go back to work and we kind of get this like first explosion against Mr. Hart because he gets, he finds out, um, well, he gives Bob the promotion that Lily Tomlin really wanted. Son and of a bitch. And then he just like artic- articulates something that I feel like has been 
talked about in recent years of men getting promotions because they're perceived as like um, right breadwinners and they have to support a family. I just was like, I don't know. This movie made me like it was so impressive and it made me so sad that it's been forty one yeah. years. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah. So so yeah. He even though I think that was probably important to make Violet a widow in that sense mm-hmm. of like her reality of needing to support a family and then Violet like loses her mind. Like yeah. she's just yeah just to be pissed. totally and so is dora lee dora lee loses her mind dora lee's pissed and judy is along for the ride yeah <laughs> but we judy get a, is yes ending we get she's a little bit deer in the headlightsy yeah kind of the whole movie and then we go to the darkest bar <laughs> in the afternoon that is just shutting out all of la light and ugh. I hate bars like I can't. Handle I know like when I think the about day. there are bars like that here. There was one that was on the corner by my old house in Pacific That's Beach, me. and I was always like, "Who is going to this bar? You live in the most beautiful place in this country. Why do you want to go inside of a dark, like English pub, with, like no windows?" I don't really get it. Um, it's not my style. To, are we to the part of the movie where the people get fired for talking about their salaries? That's right before the bar. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, that's just, I don't know. It's, it's a crazy thing that I think is sort of unique to the U S of just how it's so taboo and here like a a fireable thing to like compare salaries. And that isn't a literal thing of how, about how the man keeps you down. It's BS. Yeah. Yeah. Like to not know what other people make, like it's just, yeah, totally. I'm sure other countries are like, what are you doing? I'm so excited for so many changes that have come out of like all of the racial uprising that's happened this past summer. And it like, I'm so excited that like you, like, I know my company, like we won't have any job postings that don't have salaries on them moving forward. Like it's not, it shouldn't be a secret. Like first of all, if you're applying for a job, you should know how much money you're going to make. Right. Like, yeah. You that, tell that's us not just how that. much that's, you want to make. You right. Know, and then you're like, bullshit. you undersell yourself. And of course yeah. I, you know, that's, that's been something that like, it's hard to do. It's hard to do that. And especially if you go between nonprofits and for profits, it's like, how are you yeah. supposed to even know? Yeah. So yeah. Poor Maria. She gets fired for talking about salaries for questioning something. And that's why the ladies go to uh, discuss Mr. Hart at Charlie's bar. Get drunk. <laughs> I love in this scene how they're each drinking something very different. Like Dora Lee has a big beer in front of her and uh, Violet has a margarita and Judy has this like creamy looking cocktail. I was like, that's a cute little, this is a cute prop gag really. Yeah. Like that they like those would be. And I wonder if they're like, what would your character order? Like I could see the director maybe doing that. Yeah. So yeah, they're gonna they're mad. And they're gonna go have an old fashioned pot party, which I just love that term, an old fashioned pot oh, party. Pot party, and then we- the director gives like each woman like fifteen minutes <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the film to create three different movies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't either. I know, I know. And then I was like, oh, they're, oh, they're doing everyone. <laughs> Should we yeah. each take one and just give a little summary of it? Yeah, let's okay. do that quick. Yeah. All right. I'll do Judy first. So Judy's uh, Judy's fantasy is that, you know, we get the line that we heard later on, actually. We just heard it not too long ago that um, is repeated at the, I think it was at the 
Emmy Awards and um, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda and Dolly Parton gave an award together. And it was right after Trump was elected and Judy's like, we don't want any sexist, egotistical, hypocritical, lying hypocrite bigots or whatever, you know, around us. And it was like clearly about Trump. But anyway, they were talking about Mr. Hart. So her fantasy is about like hunting him in the office, (laughs) which I have to say is, is not my favorite. (laughs) It's a little, I don't enjoy any shootings in an office, especially we talked about that with, uh, you know, dogma but she has a rifle it's a little at least a little more uh and then he's he's running around and he's not getting shot yeah one thing i'll say that the the cinematographer does is they don't show the barrel of the gun which i always appreciate they like show her like i get the perspective like i get what's happening um so i I did i did appreciate like the whole like hunting him in the office and there was like hounds and pitchforks and a little kill the beast kind of a thing so that was her fantasy and then when they cut back to the women they're eating just like this giant table full of food which oh, I man. loved. It was like everything from the pantry. I, and again, like, I think that's a little groundbreaking for the time to have yeah. these like women sitting there like eating and not being apologetic about it or like being like, oh, my weight. Like they were just chowing down because they were high and they were having a good Although, time. I tell you who didn't like this pot party is Ronald Reagan, who <laughs> watched for it. Nancy on, Reagan? They watched it together on like Valentine's Day and... Yeah, he had a real problem with this whole pot party. He's like, if they'd been drunk, it'd have been fine, but no. What an, like, yeah, cool. Also, I want to say just the the first hunting through the office reminded me of one of my favorite Kids in the Hall skits where they are like these French-Canadian trappers and they go through um, office buildings to sort of kill um, office workers to get their suits and they sell the suits on the street. And it's just, it's an amazing skit. Go, yeah. go oh. watch that. Nice. Awesome. Who um, wants to take Dorley's? I, I can go. Away. I can go with that one because I'm fuzzier on Lily okay. Tomlin's, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, Dolly Parton, Parton um, is a fantasy is basically a country western like that takes place in southern Arizona <laughs> with cactus. Um, but yeah, she she hers is a full on reversal. Hers is a role reversal. And it's supposed to be like, what if women treated men like men treated women and this kind of like friendly she's really parodying him. I thought that was kind of like interesting yeah. to demonstrate like what would it feel like? And like it's a nice thing. And I actually thought about it where it's like there is something with a woman and a man, like I is like the bad boss, is like a man being a bad boss a fantasy to anybody? Like this guy that's like this asshole like maybe that is somebody's fantasy um like a secretary kind of thing like but this this seems to tap into like um yeah this like over like yeah demanding woman treating a man just like it and Dabney Coleman is like very like sheepish and acting like a secretary that doesn't know what to do and then then her weapon of choice is a lasso, which is exciting, sure. which I enjoyed. And then yeah. next thing we know, we're in the film Three Amigos, and he's <laughs> he's like strung out on a spit, and um, she's you know in in a John Wayne movie, just kind of like roasting him. Yes, which I enjoyed. I I like that one. I think that one's my favorite. Uh, so the last one, and yeah, I'm a little fuzzy on this one too. Uh, was 
Lily Tomlin and she's dressed as Snow, Snow White. White. Yep. And uh, it's the poison dream. And so she is sort of delivering poison to uh, Dabney. And that's all I have. Did you I forget? Ha- did you either of you forget that there was cartoon animals all around? Oh, there right, was right, like right. very yeah, realistic. Just left of Disney cartoons, right? Because it was like that. Is, like I know just Robin Hoody enough. What? Yeah, it was like Robin Hood and uh, like a like Cinderella. like there's like this raccoon archer that I want to yeah. be my be- best friend. I, like, I yes. knew you would love that raccoon. I love archer it. So much. I want him. I am. Very... You have a type. You yeah, have a type. that's it. <laughs> yeah, and at the end, like the other thing that happens in that fantasy is like he gets ejected into traffic. That's how he dies. Like she like ejects his chair. Oh, like, right, 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 right. Yeah. Because she then, just sort of drugs him, not like right, kills him, and right. then yeah, right. And then all the prisoners at the work are freed, and the, like the three women are like princesses in the castle, right, waving to anybody. So. They had a great time in their fantasies, and it's the next day, and they're kind of like pot hungover from one joint, which I <laughs> right, <love>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is where Violet puts the rat poison in the coffee, the actual Secondly. rat poison. Which, yeah, they kept talking about this whole like thin and sweet or yeah. sweet and thin, yeah. and which apparently comes in a box. Is it like sweet uh, and low? I guess so. Yeah, mm. because but they kept setting up like I have to go to the store. I have oh, to go to the yeah. store like, to get some like, rat poison. Some but then sweet she and had thin. more yeah. sweet and thin in her locker, but it wasn't. It was rat poison. Also, and because it's happened a couple of times, but I, this is where I wrote it down. I love how Lily has a desk kimono because she takes it off every time oh, she gets up, and it's just this sort of Asian silky, and <laughs> it's awesome. Does. And she just always because she's at her wits end at work, she's always just so angry. She slams it off to go do. So it's just, it's just for at the desk. And I she love does it. have a desk kimono and she wears it a lot. Yeah. Um, great. <laughs> throughout the whole movie. So she, she brings it to Dabney Coleman, but he doesn't drink it because we've, we've learned earlier that his desk chair is malfunctioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the payoff comes in this scene when he falls and he hits his head. I thought he was going to die here, frankly. That's well, my- and this is the part of the movie that kind of like reads or watches like a true crime podcast yeah. where I'm like, ooh, I can see this being confusing. I can see one, per- like I can see where this would be a tricky court case <laughs> um, because of course Lily Tomlin thinks she's poisoned him and that's not really what happened. And then they end up at the hospital with the whole corpse switcheroo. Right. Which I was trying to imagine. It's like, what would it take? Like what state of mind would I have to be in to instead of like confess, instead of like going for the police and like mm-hmm. being like, listen, this is what's happening. I like disguise right. myself, steal a corpse, bury a body. Like it's really hard to relate to, yeah. like especially after the like, search party or something, right? Like watching something like that where you're like, yeah, God, like what state of mind would I have to be in to think? Because I feel like you never get away with it. In my in my experience you just never get away with it and as far as like the media I've consumed so I'm like do people get away with this all the time um no yeah no right no. like it's really hard to like switch corpses bury bodies maybe in the 80s people. like cuz they also just like brought that poor man who was dying in like a foot from Dabney Coleman barely did some CPR on him. Yeah, <laughs> he did. It. And, so, and then Dabney Coleman was able to like watch that, which that doesn't happen. Or maybe, maybe it used to happen. 80s hospitals were a crazy 
place. You know, candy stripers. So Great. says Adventures also, in Babysitting. I mean, this yeah. is very similar to the That's emergency true. room that existed in Chicago at the time. That's true. I'm just gonna say that this whole little middle arc didn't yeah. have to exist at I all. I agree. I agree. I kind of, as much as I was enjoying the like pace and the and everything about the beginning of this movie, like at this point, I was just like, oh my god, like this is this is. We didn't need any of this. Like they could have just like conked him on the head and tied him up. In I didn't the house. get it. Yeah, I don't get the. Yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah, but they sure wanted this like more elaborate ruse because I guess I guess he needed to be able to blackmail them, and that's but, like. Why- they had to kidnap he, him so they could blackmail him. He was gonna I don't know. Right, because why else would they black? I don't know. It was elaborate. Very it took elaborate. a lot of time. <laughs> um, Very elaborate. And then they went, I, I don't know how to describe this if you didn't pay attention to it, but like when Dolly Parton, this is one of the things where I'm like, she's getting the hang of this. Because like when she sees the corpse and she like steps away from the car and looks at Lily Calhoun oh, yeah. and she's like, want to come here for a second? <laughs> I just I did I like been, that. Her face. I, I was just like, yeah. I want to be best friends with her face. <laughs> like right now, it's the best. Also, anyway. I just had that Dolly is really calm seeing a dead body. She's just like, okay, new problem Every, to, to finish. It's not like shocked by this. Every single person in this movie is oh, calm yeah. at all times. That's no right. matter what happens. If you've been kidnapped, if you fired a gun at somebody, if you've been fired at, like everybody If asks, your husband's hanging from the ceiling and like an yeah. elaborate... No one, no one goes above a six. That's right. Ever. It's really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so like, yeah, we can kind of go through all of this, but basically like Hart says he's going to he's gonna blackmail them because he he hear Roz says that like somebody was poisoned and they, she hears them over talking anyway so then Judy like gets on it and she you know ties him up and puts a scarf in his mouth and it's like yeah Judy, Judy's he- not the uh, like brains of the operation <laughs> at all can't you spit a scarf like that out of your mouth yes like yeah I never I mean, understand that. If you duct tape it, the thing the thing they're missing is duct tape. You like stick something in and then you duct tape, but otherwise you just spit it out. Because you have a tongue. You, you tell them, don't you spit that out. Don't you spit that <laughs> you out. He didn't. He didn't. No. Yeah, he was gagged. This is all happening in his office. But then, you know, they get the gun and uh, she, oh no, who tied him up the first time? Was it Judy. Dorley? Or Ju- okay. I think it was Judy. Judy almost causes another casualty at the office because she just starts shooting that gun randomly. Yeah, like a pistol. I know. And everybody else had gone home all of a sudden. They weren't home before, but they weren't there when she shot it, which is good. Yeah. Now also, like, then they take Hart to his house, which, by the way, is huge. And and where is this house in LA? And how does he afford to live there? What, this job gives him that much money? It's right next to the "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead" uh, farm. That's right. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, and his wife, of course, is on a cruise for two months, which is a re- I mean, I don't. It's amazing. That is, yeah. Um, that's hell to me, actually. <laughs> but I couldn't handle that at all. But she goes on for so they know she's not going to be there because they know that. So they tie him up in his own home, which I guess makes sense. I don't know. Um, and and yeah like there's it's the weekend which i have it written down but then they keep them there for six weeks like i'm so how, confused on time frames in this yeah whole how thing. long yeah. 
Because at one point they're, you know, they're trying, so then they discover that like, he is basically committing fraud and saying there's all this inventory in a warehouse. I don't really, this is where I get fuzzy. It's like, they need the MacGuffin though. Yeah. The, it's a MacGuffin. The, the inventory list. MacGuffin. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Is that really um, a MacGuffin? Yeah. This thing yes. that they need that they're waiting for. Yeah. Right. It didn't matter Katie, what it was. your day has come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I piggybacked onto Phil's <laughs> definition of an actual MacGuffin. Um, but but yeah, so they're waiting on it. So his time there just extends and extends and it's like six weeks. It's so like, long. And then what I don't understand is like, there's three of them. The boss isn't there anymore. Why do they all go to work? And he he knows his home. Like, I, I mean, we could describe what he's chained up with, but like, I'm pretty sure I could get out of it. Like, it doesn't well, seem... He had, so leather, well, I don't know. His hands are bad. It's the thinnest, it's like the thinnest of like wires that's keeping him yeah also how is he going to the bathroom i don't really understand what i also Uh, don't understand is i mean i like the scene where they go and they see like the hand glider and like the gun store like so it's all you know like putting this all together and like again like lily tomlin can fix a garage door so she can up to the ceiling i like that i like that button that just sucks him up yeah but the chains are not doing anything right like he i think can do a full-on starfish with those chains so i don't understand why he's working so hard to like undo his wrist to then stand on a chair you know what i mean i don't know he could have done that he did stand on a chair and he couldn't reach oh did they do that and he couldn't he did at one point stand on the chair and that's why he yeah and he couldn't reach like what he needed to he had his hands up and he couldn't get to the okay maybe they do do that the physics of it to me was like like, why yeah. not chain him really tight? But I guess if they're in it for the long haul, it's going to be over a month. Like, I guess these What's also around. funny is, like, they're still continuing to kind of, like, cater to him and serve him, which is kind of wild. Like, bringing him, like, these nice meals on trays with, like, a cigars, little flower and cigars totally. and, like, magazines and, you know. I guess because they don't, they're not maybe monsters. Like some, right. They're not monsters, but they're monsters. But and- I don't know. They want to develop that Stockholm syndrome, right? You know, That's gotta right. get that going. That's right. They also plan all of this out loud in the office, uh, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. in the lunchroom. Yeah. That, from what I can tell, doesn't have a door. Um, which but, is, but speaking yeah. of the office, this is where like all this great stuff like starts to change. Yeah. So they are, now right. people can like personalize their desks. They, everybody's getting pay increases. There's a daycare center where. The woman from Clifford works. There's people can do part-time work or shift work, which is very exciting. I think it's called Although, like job share. Job yeah. share. That's a part-time job. <laughs> yeah, it's Walmart that. has shown that there's evil ways to administer that. It's basically oh, oh I'm if, sure. you just, if you hire two people and work, have them work 20 hours, you don't have to give them any benefit. That's true. Uh, but I, I will say that is a new concept. That's a part-time job. It is. Right? It is, I guess. But like, it's the I- idea. I think in this case, if somebody is salaried and you're splitting their salary and you're still giving them benefits and you're letting them take their kid to work to the daycare center, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, sure. I do. Yeah, I do sure. hear what you're saying. But I think if, you know, as a parent, like maybe you still want to keep working, but you, you don't need to work maybe the full time. So you work mm-hmm. half time because it sounded like nothing was flexible before. Yeah. And Maria true. got her job back, you guys. Maria's nice. back. And, and they solid. paint the locker rooms. 
Um, <laughs> right, they, from, from they, gray to tan. <laughs> that was beige. a big... Uh, I wrote that down too. I was like, yeah. what is this decision? That's a bummer right there. It's like, come <laughs> on. You could have like put something brighter in there. I didn't understand it. I thought it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> but back oh at gosh. the old uh, homestead, Hart is in the bathroom and he does find a nail file that the women, I guess, didn't see because it was tucked in the bathroom drawer. But he starts to file off his wristband. Yeah. And then Jane Fonda is alone watching him and her husband her comes nightgown. to the house. What the frick? I don't understand any of that. And he says he's been yeah. stalking her. I'm so confused. And it's also, like if just, they're watching him, why isn't one watching him during the day? Like, I don't get it. But go ahead, Phil. Sorry. I was just going to say, if you're on a kidnapping, at least this has been my experience, I don't wear my nightgown. I wear like, you know. Something that gets like more like agile. That I don't have to change out of if I have to go like chase after the person <laughs> I've kidnapped, you know? No, but she had like moved in there. She was comfortable. Like, yeah, I, get I guess that, she doesn't But it's kids. like, you're still. She had this like apartment like that she didn't really like, I don't think. So so she probably is doing a, you're doing a felony don't get too comfortable <laughs> yeah, I agree. where it requires a costume change to go outside your house you can just sleep in your underwear you don't know what it's like to be a lady and want to sleep well, in a luxurious that's just the nightgown thing. Yeah, on this job I wouldn't be sleeping in my underwear because I would worry that at a moment's notice I'm going to have to go chase so I'd sleep in my clothes okay fair so anyway, Judy's creepy husband is stalking her and he's like been casing the house creepy and that he like wants her back. It's, yeah. It just seems so. I've forgotten who he was at this point. Like, <laughs> I, was like, just, was like I thought it was Bob from the office mark? who got a promotion. I was so confused. I, I thought, thought it was the was... snooping guy. Oh like, yeah, that was, that was, Yes. That was um, hard to keep track of. I, yeah. I think this is supposed to like demonstrate that she's kind of like, she doesn't need a man anymore, right? right? Like, and she understands that. She understands her worth because she doesn't care about him. And then of course he hears like Dabney Coleman all, all, almost breaks out. And then he goes into full like Home Alone 2 Joe Pesci mode of just like, <laughs> which is like, ugh. Um, but I do enjoy when um, her ex-husband accuses her of like being into S&M and she's just like, Yes, that is exactly what I am. I would love all the M&Ms. Like that, that's a fun, like, she's like, this yeah. is the ticket. Yes, I'm into s and I love if I want to do M&Ms. If I want to do M&Ms, is that what, what the line yeah. is? Yeah. I want to do yeah. M&Ms or whatever. I love it. Yeah. And then I wrote, Judy kicks dick out. <laughs> yes. And then nothing makes sense. Like <laughs> then the wife comes home. He's embarrassed. He lies about what's happened. Then they does find he really out. though because I thought okay. Does he lie to her face? Yes, I assume so. Well, we don't see it, right? We don't see anything, but he's embarrassed. Like he's not like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. Get me down quick! Like call the police. No, it's like then she's staying in a motel or a condo. I love it's that like, camera shot, by the way, though. Yeah. Of like, I don't know why they spent all that money on a crane right. or something. What are they doing? But they zoomed in on this like big like all these windows and balconies and then they get to her and she, like she's like a vita or something like it's she like looks this... like it looks like a high rise in panama city like i don't yeah. understand where she is I, um and go ahead 
go ahead. I mean, I just want to say at this point, I thought she had murdered Dabney Cole. She's like, she finally got it. Right. She killed him. Me too. And that she was going to join this crew yeah. of women. And yeah, yeah that well, was not first, the case. At first, I thought she was calling and was going to flip out on them. And then, yeah, right. and then it's like, what's her angle? And then it's revealed that she thinks he's doing some new exercise regime and she's going to leave him to it. And then that's when they understand that for three days, he's been lying to them as I, because he has one hand free. Uh, so do, you now, think she, do you think she unlocked him? Yes. And then he's like locking himself back up. I mean, this is yeah. for as like much roughly. exposition, like as much time as this movie takes other things. It's like, yeah. you should have shown and not told this. Like, I don't understand because then he spent the past three days basically adding inventory to the MacGuffin <laughs> so that yeah. he's not busted. <laughs> To this weird warehouse. Acme? Is that what it's called? It couldn't (laughs) even be anymore. They did not explain that nearly enough. I think that's what it was called, was Acme. (laughs) At this point, I have a note that says, this movie may need some editing. (laughs) Like, um, so then he's, then they kind of figure out what's going on and he, with a gun, escort, and then he makes, makes Dolly Parton drive them to work while he has a gun on her. And then it's like announced that the chairman of the board is coming and he loses his mind. And I'm like, if you can afford a house like that, you've probably met the chairman of the board. Yeah, that's what I would think. You mean Colonel Sanders? Yes, literally Colonel Sanders. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tinsworthy. (laughs) Yeah. Who I guess, I guess I didn't realize that at the time, but I was reading the note that he... He's always looking off camera because he always was reading cue cards. Like that actor couldn't was always just reading cue cards. So it's they very they he's positioned because yeah, they, like they hired girls. Yeah. So yeah, Tinsworthy comes and he like wants to know about all the amazing programs that have he taken loves place. Because he loves it. They've been the most productive ever in this business in six weeks then there's like full bookends to you know lily tomlin in the beginning of the movie is like this will increase our efficiency by 20 percent, and he's like i have to this that part and that's at the beginning i know is so realistic where it's like well i have to he's just clearly because it's not his idea and he doesn't understand it he's gonna like pivot around it which i was like that i've had that has happened to me a lot um yeah but at the end of the movie of course they've increased their efficiency by 20 percent in six weeks that's right yeah and uh, you know, basically, like <laughs> that, I wrote the ladies' toast. And uh, oh, tin- first, first, um, Hart gets promote promoted to Brazil. Which, yeah. I don't understand like what this movie thinks Brazil is, <laughs> but I think they think it's literally like a tar pit in the Amazon jungle. Appa- yeah, know. apparently he gets kidnapped. Yeah, we'll get that. But I mean, and then the women act like that was part of their plan the whole time of like, we right. got him to get the promotion. And that's how we, we knew like, uh, it was, it was an ocean's 11 sort of thing. Oh. Like at the end, it wasn't like, well, we lucked into that. You don't think, like, I mean, I guess I just know plot wise. They definitely did, but I wasn't, their emotions, their reactions were like, Oh, great. Just as we planned. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's I, cause they were like, we did it. Right. Uh, and it it seemed like they were they weren't like Hugh that right we dodged it they were like it worked yeah cheers so not that I expect like Colonel Sanders to be a stand-in for like Gloria Steinem or anything but why does he love everything and then he's like except that equal pay has got to go <laughs> like why would he say that 
So this came up, this was in our discussion after watching okay. the movie with like my mom, and my sister, and oh, fun. Oh, you had a insights. whole like lady movie party. You yeah. even, you, call you every held woman that out. Two, two female your dogs. Your mom, your wife, and your sister. Two female yeah. dogs. Damn. L- little baby and your girl daughter? upstairs. And a yeah. girl, oh my gosh. Yeah, I am, I am in it. Uh, you I really a, are a chauvinistic a feminist. <laughs> No, a, oh, a chivalrous wonk. feminist, not a chauvinistic. No, I, don't, I don't think a. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you really are a chivalrous feminist. Well, I did call myself a wonk, which I don't think I get to call myself. Um, Do you but want no, us to uh, call you that is that what you're saying? No, no, it was. Um, so we were talking about like why this other boss did it, and my sort of theory because I was talking over everyone standing up on the cutter that's my hummer of this podcast <laughs> you was, were dressed was, as colonel sanders oh my god yeah. <laughs> was just to show that you know all these ma- there, it wasn't like the one bad boss it was like they're all bad mm. and even if this guy is yeah. taking over because they're making profits he's gonna be like no 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 this is a bridge too far we can't mm. get them evil pay right. it's like it's ingrained in the system. It's not just Dabney being Dabney. That's, I, I really like that take on it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Nice. Also, okay, never mind. Um, yeah. And then we find out like what happens to all the women. So Violet is promoted to VP and Judy marries the copier rep- representative, which I guess Who we is... haven't met, right? Oh, we uh... haven't met, but. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Dora Lee becomes a country Western singer. <laughs> If Dorothy you had, <laughs> if like, you know, you got like 10 seconds to think of the things that happened to each of them, right, right. that's well, what these would be. Well, yeah. she's a country singer that, oh, yeah. there was that scene with the copier machine, that, that. It's like uh, an improv game <laughs> called like contextual endings. Or yeah, like, it was a little weak. And then of course, Abby Coleman ends up in Brazil and is, captured by amazonian people out of, or out of the mud pit that he lives in yeah exactly yeah. and then is never heard from again except that mm-hmm. he then grows a long ponytail and becomes charles groden's boss and Clifford. yeah that's what happens um the end the end woohoo yeah all right any other questions from our question corner i talked to annie about formulating a question for like 10 minutes and she said your brain doesn't work that way <laughs> Okay. She couldn't come up. This is, I will say, this is one of Annie ICU's like favorite movies. And she was so stoked. It's, of course, like the first movie we don't watch together is uh, this one. Aww. But I think, uh, but she actually, she did watch it last night too. So oh, it was fun to, it's fun to talk to. Yeah. It was fun to talk to her about it, but she didn't, we, we had a fun, t- we had a fun time talking about it. Um, and I'll mention her a little later, maybe in my like review and stuff, but she, yeah, she didn't have any questions. Okay. Time for Hummers, Bummers, and Dummers. Let's do Dummers. Right. Dumb. I've got one. Go Uh, on. This is easy. Uh, It's in the, uh, I think it's the Poison dream sequence. Or no, it's the the Cowboy dream sequence. Uh, Dabney has a clip-on bow tie. And that's just... uh, Oh. Freaking no. Just dumb just don't have those <laughs> everyone learned to tie a bow tie or i mean at least get the ones that like click around but this was just literally a clip on bow tie didn't care interesting 
I'm going to try to just find, I like that. I'm going to try to find some specific little nit, nitpicky things. What, here's something I think is dumb. That candy striper in mm. the, in the hospital who was looking for the cafeteria or something, she was talking to Lily Tomlin, like she was a human then she found out she was a doctor and she was like, oh, I can't speak to you anymore. (laughs) Like, oh my God. And I think just like that kind of hierarchy is so dumb, especially if a candy striper is there to learn something. But the fact that she's like fearful of like upsetting this doctor is, it's not her fault. It's like, I think it just further emphasizes the hierarchy of, of things in the work world. So I'm going to say that's dumb. Um, I wish I would have spent more time. Like um, I, I usually, I just, I didn't go back and like write down stuff. Um, so I'm looking through, but I think I'm going to call out what I think is a like ethnic slur as a dumber, um, <laughs> which is when- Is it Lily Tomlin's kimono? Or is it no. the boat? Yeah. It's the yeah. Dago boat. <laughs> that is definitely an ethnic slur. Yeah. It, where was there Which a I boat? had to rewind because I was watching this with my uh, roommate, my couchmate, Cameron T. And she was like, a big old boat. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think he said Dago boat. Yeah. Where the, it's oh. when his wife is trying to convince him to go on a cruise. And he's like, I'm not going on that Dago boat. I'm like, what? Which, and, my yeah. notes app. Uh, change it to Diego boat. So I thought it was like some sort of Dora the yeah. Explorer reference, but no. Totally. Yeah, was... And I, I guess I'll also, I mean, like as far as like dummers or stuff that it, it, Dolly Parton also kind of has this like simultaneously gun violence and transphobic thing she says to him all at once. It's all like married at once. And like, it's not really, I mean, I wish I had kind of like more like dumbers for like plot stuff, but those are, those are more things yeah, that stuck out. It's like, plot. Yeah. I kind of yeah. wish it just like wasn't in the film. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I agree. Uh, what about bummers? I have a, I have a bummer I can go. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think my bummer is Roz. Mm. And she's like part of the system. She, and she thinks the only way she can get in good graces with her boss is to be this like, woman who's undermining other women and like i really got bummed out when she was like in the bathroom like curled up on the toilet seat taking notes on toilet paper and i was like this poor woman like she just she can't like she has to what is she doing in there like how is she like is that is she like nobody wants to eat lunch with her and she's like sitting yeah. in the toilet kind of a thing so it's not you know again it's not her fault i think she's a product of like this environment in which she thinks she has to be like this to get some sort of positive reinforcement but it's just women taking other women down right she's like this classic like member of the in group like the in group marginalized in group that you appoint to be like their right taskmaster exactly gross to watch yeah my my bummer uh isn't so much about this movie but it's about this whole like I guess it's like something I want to talk about and I don't know quite how to articulate it, but I think I already said, like, I think I'm just bummed out that this movie was made 41 (laughs) years ago and we're still where we are. And part of me, it's like watching this movie or not this movie, but like when not so much me too, but when like the whole Harvey Weinstein and all of the revelations happened, I didn't really understand if I was supposed to feel surprised because I was not surprised at all. And it reminded me a little bit of like when Spotlight came out and people were like, can you believe Catholic priests? And like, we joked, like what? (laughs) Like you told me that was an open secret 
that like all of yeah. us knew. And so watching this movie is like, this movie was made in 1980. And you're going to tell me that you were surprised in 2017 that like a movie executive at all were abusing women. Like it's just such a bummer to me yeah. that like, and I don't even know how, I feel like I've been gaslit by society because I, I just never understand how to react because I'm like, I thought this was something that is somehow unfixable that we all just accept. Yeah. And I don't, does that make sense? Like, yeah. I think I'm bummed out at society's surprise to any of this considering like you made a movie about it in 1980. We love to be surprised about things it that are me nuts. a part of our history legacy, like racism. Yeah. Yeah. Sexism. Right. Exactly. This just yeah. in totally. Right. Um, I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. And <laughs> Please, say, do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please do. Please do. The thing that bummed me out was how dumb women are. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was chauvinist can... feminist the whole time. No. <laughs> I will remove you from this podcast. <laughs> no, it's, this is a movie spearheaded by women. One of the writers is woman and there were some moments where our three protagonists were just so dumb and just definitely like pulling a Kathy cartoon of like, ah, mm. you know, I don't know what to do. And it's like, they've already established that Lily Tomlin is like the most, the smartest person in the world. Yeah. And then they just have her go on this harebrained thing. And same with like all three of them. It's just the three yeah. of them should have been unstoppable in this movie and i just don't mm. get it because it, i guess it originally was supposed to be a drama and then they changed it to this comedy yeah and maybe that's where it came from it was the comedy yeah. elements they needed to make them dumb in certain scenes it just it didn't it be. didn't make any sense it was such a character 90 degree turn for them that it just it bummed me out that this like women women made thing had to still make them dumb at times welcome to our world i know yeah i understand that the, the juxtaposition of like them basically taking this company through the roof in like yeah. succeeding in six weeks in contrast yeah. with how they behave at the hospital and with dabney coleman or in like house. um jane fonda like having the gun and just like firing it willy-nilly in the office yeah. it's just like ugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's just like the slapstickiness of it all and the way that like people think comedy has to be and like, you know, what what would make these women funny basically? And like, those are funny people. Like they could have yeah. been doing some funny things. Oh I man. Mean, Dolly Parton totally. has her own brand of comedy, but then she's owned it her whole career. Yeah, but Lily Tomlin is like yeah, a comedic, I know. like an icon. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she's a powerhouse, totally. Yeah. What about hummers? I have a very specific hummer. There's okay. a lot that hum there's a lot that hummed me up about this movie, but yeah. I will specifically say that during the pot scene, they're all wearing like different versions of the like paper chains. Oh yeah. Do you guys recognize this? <laughs> I like did. like Jane Fonda has one on her. Well, I might get be mixing up. Somebody, ha I think Jane Fonda has it on her head. Dolly Parton has it. And so like at some point during this night, you know that they've taken time. Either they've taken time to make them or they've picked them up and put them yes. on themselves. And I like that it's not even commented on. It's just part of what's going just, on yeah, that, that night. That was and awesome. I liked, I liked that sight gag for sure. I love that. That's so cute. I don't want to steal yours, Bridget. So... Go. go on. I don't think you will. 
Mine's We're gonna just going to list of a hundred Hummers. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Gonna Mine's going to be very too. broad and I, I, I'm not, it's going to be simple and easy. My Hummer is Dolly. Always Dolly. Mm-hmm. It was, she's amazing. Loved her in it. The song was great. Even though you could tell she was new to acting, it, her energy is awesome. So it's Dolly. Yeah, it's hard not to say that for me too, but I think I'm going to go with the, I think I am going to go back to that montage at the beginning. It's my Hummer. Yeah. I, I, like you said, I could have watched that all day. I really could have. There was something about the way that it was made and put together and the aesthetic of it that was somewhat childhood soothing to me. Like, I don't know if we just watched a lot of imagery like that, like that when we were kids, like I said, that and like that time Mr. Rogers went to the crayon factory. It's like the aesthetic of like, just like things moving and with like music set to it. I'm like, that is what raised me besides obviously my loving parents. But I'm like that kind of look of the eighties, I think mm. is going to be my Hummer. Uh, with of course, Dolly Parton, like riding on top of that, like the, the joy she is. It's like the look of the early eighties too, right? Like late seventies, yes. early eighties. Yes. Before that was trying to be super self-aware and like neon or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about our outfits. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Katie. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently my Are you searching iPad, for <laughs> iPad thinks I'm talking to her. I heard that, it, yeah. It's searching for Etsy Katie. Mm, nice. <laughs> um, anyways, no. Um, I see you went on the same cruise as the wife um and you so you have this weird ass woven um hat with sort of a a little tussle at the top yeah um and it's just a cool hat and then of course you're wearing your desk kimono but it has like a little tether on it so if you were to get up quickly it would just automatically pull off so it could stay a desk kimono without accidentally becoming just regular kimono (laughs) crazy i'm all about um efficiency well uh bridget yeah happy birthday thank you and also um (laughs) i what i like that for your birthday podcast i like that you are wearing the um dolly parton cowgirl hat with the lasso and the chaps and i think they might be like i don't know if jeff drew them like the saguaro like cactus cutouts in the back i really i like the whole scene thank you um and then i like your t-shirt which you must have had custom made because it seems to be calling recalling some um podcast of yesteryear um combining with this one where it says um aspen language school extreme which I think is very clever. <laughs> I, I, I obviously think it's very clever. <laughs> so, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I like to represent all the podcasts yeah. as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Philip, you know, I've really just been admiring your outfit this whole time. I love that you just dove into a Dolly wig, mm-hmm. um, sort of like a beehive, very Baltimore, very Tennessee, Baltimore meets Tennessee. I've lived um, in both places. Yeah, it's true. The aesthetic is true, and then that you've you've found the the green sequin dolly jacket, a uh, little short jacket, which I think looks really nice on you. But you're wearing it over a tank top, 
that says my salad got tossed <laughs> at consolidated. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> this so did I not get the joke or did the consolidated <laughs> who gave out those t tank tops not get the joke? They, when they opened the salad bar, well, you know, they, they handed out those tank sure. tops. Yeah, <laughs> because they were so excited about the initiative of the salad bar. Yeah, and uh, this podcast went M M&M and M real quick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, oh, love it. Uh, all right, it's t- <laughs> it's time for is it for real? Bum, bum, <laughs> bum. I can go first since I okay. chose, and I'm very curious about you you all's reactions. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I think that we, we, we chatted about like some of the, the problems of this movie and um, that maybe these female characters could have had some brighter writing or whatever it is, but I'm going to say it is so for real. Um, I, I appreciated like that we did get to see female friendship and we got to see like women not all of them, but we did get to see them problem solving together and supporting each other and overcoming difference and overcoming, you know, these things that looked like in the past that they would have been like these weights, like if you're a divorcee or if you're a widower and these mm-hmm. kinds of things. Um, Nine to five is just like one of the best songs ever written. And um, yeah, I'm going to say it's for real. Phil, do you want- I can go or Phil, do you want to go? Um, Why don't you go? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm still not sure. At the end of my little segment, I, I will have decided. Um, Ooh, okay. I mean, there is a decent amount to like in this movie. Um, you know, especially Lily Tomlin and uh, Dolly Parton are great. I'm, I'm not the huge, biggest uh, Jane Fonda. I just don't think she's a great actress. Um, but uh, sort of on the the flip side just all these tangents that didn't need to be there um what's as i said just the whole thing about um not being the smartest characters or it this movie at times reminded me there's like a pixar short called pearl Mm. all about like this pink ball of yarn that uh basically goes through the same thing and it's horrible it's just the the most heavy-handed not giving any credit to women story about how women can be better just go watch it it's it's bad um and there was just just so many elements of that in here um and i was on the fence but i am i'm gonna say it is for real um because it was 40 years ago. We're still dealing with all these things. They, I think there's a better draft of this movie with the same people. Um, It's just it, but it's the fact that they were laying out some important issues that are still there today and we're grappling with. So it was closer than I would have expected. I thought it would have been a bigger slam dunk at the beginning of the movie really was great. Lost it in the middle. And then, got better towards the end but didn't completely stick that landing with that batshit crazy sort of where plan not plan i don't know but it barely makes it so yeah um i i think i'm a little bit of a combo of the two of you where i thought it makes sense to me that this movie was written as a drama and then kind of like adapted towards a comedy because it had to me the tone of tootsie if you guys have ever seen that movie mm-hmm. no, where 
it's kind of like it's slower it's like character development and it's like this larger theme which is actually feminism as well but like um i think i expected i think i expected to laugh out loud more at this movie and i didn't i, I think yeah. i expected to have a little more of like i think i expected to feel a little more like they felt when they were at that pot party <laughs> yeah um i but a lot of times I, I, a lot of times I like watch movies that are considered classics and I'm like, Ugh, really? But this movie, I totally understand why it's a classic. And I, I think it should be there um, for the, for the time being. And it was, in fact, it was hard to remember. It was 41 years ago because 41. Yeah. Right. Um, because it is, it was so progressive for the time that it seems like a movie that could have come out last year slash yeah. like definitely like mid nineties. So that was just so impressive. And um, I think it probably didn't get, uh, my mind couldn't even wrap my, wrap itself around that so much. Um, I had to keep, kind of keep reminding myself how long ago it was made. Um, and I do love, I love the three actresses. Um, I, I'm kind of with you Phil, like, especially Dolly Parton and Lily Tomlin. And then I really liked Dabney Coleman's performance too. Um, so I just like, yeah, I think it is, it is super for real with all of those um, caveats to it. I, um, I'll say it's super for real again, but it, it needed some editing. Like I was very surprised yeah. how much it like lost itself. I was like, what are they doing? What are they doing? So, um, I know. I know that, I know that it's set to have a sequel. I believe it started filming. It got, oh, it got nixed. I think it, in 2019, they nixed yes, it. That, that was the, that was it. what I read. Crap. I knew it was supposed to have a sequel with, it was the three women were supposed to kind of come back. And my assumption would be that they would maybe cast some other people as well. I would hope yeah. like some people of color um, or some women No, of it's color. just the nope, three of them. Just no, them. No, no. It's just a yeah. close up of their faces the whole time. And Dabney Coleman, who's yeah. still alive, by the way. Yeah, they had to totally. That. They all Which, are. Yeah, just to like, I was almost grading this one on a curve because I've we've definitely called some Don't worse movies. Don't grade a woman a woman's movie on a curve. No, because it it was like the top grossing movie of this year it's this classic you know yeah. movie and i still it had some i was expecting a lot more because of those things oh you mean you were coming in with higher expectations sure I yeah think, curve isn't I think the right for the thing, time I period yeah, though i'm, I'm saying think, that wrong i think our our observations are astute for the time period. yeah i think a lot of the problems of this movie came from when you try to merge comedy into drama yeah, yeah. um but again my final rating, super for real. And I'm also, so glad I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Isn't Horrible Bosses just a remake of this with guys? I'm trying, is that with like Charlie Day? I don't know yeah. if I've seen, I don't know if I've actually seen it. Did they tie I, up a woman? I have seen it, but I don't really, yeah. They all, they, each of them has a different bad female boss, I think. Ooh. No, it's one bad female not? boss and two bad male bosses. Yeah, okay. I don't think it's quite the same because this is really about, I think, being a woman and what it's like. No, no, to, no they, you know what they I mean? took all of that out. Yeah, no, I know. That's why I think it's well, maybe, I don't know. Are we ready for our song? Let's do it. Okay, let me play. I'm going to play part of it and then... This is actually, well, I'll just play it. I've been jamming to this. Oh. (laughs) 
This is a remix. I know. What? This is the original. This is from the podcast. I didn't realize that, like, I thought somebody within the song said, this is a remix. <laughs> remix. <laughs> yeah, dude. Remix. I love no, it. No, this is uh, actually by uh, Jad Abramrod. The guy that's, is, like, his host- remix of Jolene. Not that's the guy right. that hosts the podcast. He, yeah. That's, it is. Oh, correct. he made a remix of Jolene? Yeah, and it's in the podcast. And they, he does a few God. remixes and they're really cool. And anyway, if you want to listen to it, you just YouTube. I did listen to it. I guess I didn't remember it. Um, yeah, but I've been like awesome. jam into that because as much as I love the real song, the first, I, I love the remix. Of it. Nice. The story of the song is pretty cool. Oh my God, it's so cool. Go listen to Dolly Parton's America after you listen to Is It For Real? Like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All thanks guys for watching 9 to 5. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I I love that song. I'm going to listen to it over and over and over. (laughs) All right. Till next time. See ya. Toodaloo.